Welcome to the Project Unchained podcast, where my special guests and I help you break free from the chains that hold you back from life's greatest experiences. The goal of this podcast is to educate people on self-care modalities that can and will improve your life if you commit to doing them. An effective self-care regimen is the single most important thing you can do for yourself to have a more extraordinary life experience. I'm your host, Ross Lepola, and I've spent the past several years of my life on a journey of healing and self-care after living many years chained down by my own limiting thoughts and beliefs. Now, I'm here to share what I have learned and to empower you to break free from the chains that hold you back from your unlimited potential. Let's get unchained. When you were lost in the woods, you were misunderstood by everyone, everyone. You were searching for words, but they came out absurd. And no one heard you, no one heard you speak your mind. They lost the This show is brought to you by The Belonging Blueprint. One of the most valuable lessons that I have ever learned has come from becoming a parent. A child's most basic needs is to feel a sense of belonging and significance. When I learned this and reflected on my own life, it reshaped the story I held on to about my childhood. And I came to the realization that we as adults still have that basic need to feel a sense of belonging and significance. I also soon realized the most important, powerful, and sustainable way to attain that sense of belonging is to create that within ourselves. And you know I'm a big fan of radical personal responsibility, so as adults, we must cultivate our relationship with ourselves and create our own sense of belonging from the inside. This concept has inspired me to construct the Belonging Blueprint, a personal development course that is available to you now. In this course, you will learn to navigate your life with the confidence you could only dream about in the past. I'll give you the tools you need to create your own belonging blueprint that will guide you to more ease and flow in your life. You can join me and others in a private community that supports your constant growth and sense of belonging because together we rise. To get more information and enroll today, you can click the link in the show notes. You belong here. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Project Unchained. I am excited again for you to join me, as always. Um, continue to have a ton of fun doing this project. You know, mental health awareness, it's, uh, it's a big subject. There's a lot to go over, as well as, you know, being a suicide survivor. The ideas around mental health are very important to me. And the ideas around mental health in a bunch of different ways, suicide prevention, uh, the awareness of it, anxiety, healing, the whole gambit. There's there's no shortage of things that we can lump under the mental health realm of things. And, you know, no matter how great someone can appear on the outside, we never know how they are on the inside. And that's one of the things that can make this subject so, I guess, difficult sometimes to understand is somebody can look perfectly great on the outside, but they might be in just crazy turmoil on the inside. And that's, you know, really where it matters most is what's going on on the inside. So just want to take a moment to encourage you to check in on your friends, even if they appear to be the strong ones, because oftentimes they 
you know, might not be, unfortunately. They might be having a really hard time on the inside. They might be suppressing it and hiding it. Um, it you know, to put it out there again, the suicide prevention hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. It's a good number to keep handy. There's the suicidepreventionlifeline.org website that has a whole kinds of uh, information for people that might be struggling with suicide, suicide ideation, as we talked about in the last episode with Bryce Lewis. Um, and there is help out there for you. And there's help on that website for somebody who might know of somebody and might not know how to help them. You can find information on that website to empower you to, to be in a better place to help your friend. Today, though, I really wanted to jam on anxiety because, well, I mean, there's anxiety can really mess us up and really have a really fuck with our life experience and to to debilitate how we show up in life. And so just like riffing off some of the stuff from like the Mayo Clinic is that, you know, like they say, experiencing anxiety is a normal part of life. But if you're having like frequent and intense bouts that are excessive and persistent, like that's a sign that you, you might need help uh, where maybe the anxiety or fear can uh, peak so quickly, you know, panic attacks, things like that. Those those can be severely debilitating and you don't have to, to suffer through those. Uh, there's a way to, to get to the other side. Uh, there's a lot of different types of anxiety. Anxiety is, you know, look at it, it. It gets, there's a lot under it, right? So like signs and symptoms of anxiety, there's feeling nervous, restless, or tense. Like that's pretty it can be pretty common having a sense of impeding danger, panic, or doom, threat, things like that. Having an increased heart rate, uh, breathing rapidly to the point where you're maybe hyperventilating, sweating and trembling where you feel that can lead to some like feelings of weakness or tiredness, uh, some trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than like a worry that you're presently worried about. Uh, it can impact your sleeping and you have a lot of trouble sleeping because you're lying awake worried at night about the next day or even worried about the past. Um, it can also lead to some GI problems that you have difficult controlling that, difficult controlling your worry and having urge, you, you like avoid things that might cause triggers, you know. So like social anxiety, if, social, if you have some social anxiety, you're probably going to avoid social settings. There's general anxiety disorder. There's anxiety disorder due to medical conditions. There's panics. There's uh, separation anxiety. There's specific phobias. Um, all kinds of things. There's, it, there's, <laughs> I guess there's no shortage of them. Um, so anxiety in general can be a pretty broad term and a pretty broad topic. Um, but getting into, I want to share a story with you before I, I get into some of my viewpoints on it. Um, 
If you haven't yet listened to episode nine, to freedom and authenticity, I would encourage you to check that one out as well, because there's a lot of linking of, to me, authenticity and anxiety and my personal story of some things that I talked about in that episode that play into this a lot. So I referenced an abusive relationship in that episode, and that is a lot of what this is about. So some of the abuse in that relationship that I was, I was dealing with, I got just absolutely blasted about my past, uh, specifically in college. You know, I just graduated from college shortly before I, I fell into that relationship. And uh, while I was in college, I was in the Kappa Sigma fraternity at the University of North Dakota. And like, it was a great place. It was so different than what I would have thought it ever had been based on movies that I watched. And that was the big reason why I joined. It was nothing like what I saw in the movies. It wasn't a bunch of the dumb hazing crap. Um, it was actually a good time and supportive. Um, and so I enjoyed that. And I got I got blasted by my girlfriend at that time in that relationship because I was in a fraternity. And that's what her impression of a fraternity was the, the shit you see in the movies. And so I got like categorized as, as that. And I got blasted and emotionally abused over that a lot. And so that kind of, that started messing me up. And the thing was like, again, I was in such a bad place kind of going into that relationship. Like I really had no business being in a relationship, but I was still so lonely, especially from a romantic standpoint that I, I was, uh, willing to put up with that abuse, so to speak. Uh, some of the other abuse, like I was given ultimatums around giving up friendships if I wanted to stay in the relationship. And, you know, I made some, made some pretty poor choices in staying in the relationship when given that ultimatum. Um, fortunately when that relationship was over, I was able to reconnect with some friends. Um, but it was, it was, horrible because I would like, I was given those ultimatums. I was in a mentally not a good place to, to stand up for myself. And I, you know, made poor choices, unfortunately. Um, friends from college were deemed sluts and whores and all that stuff when like <laughs> it, it was, it was so like crazy now that I think about it and look back at it, like this girl at the time like she was an ex-stripper and she was calling college friends sluts because like apparently her idea of what happened in college was some crazy sex orgy that wasn't actually the case you know and meanwhile like she's you know this ex-stripper who knew all about these bachelor parties and knows how those things goes and like demanded that I don't ever go to any of them or have any of them and blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's like, man, I think about it now, like, okay, what did you do at those bachelor parties that you know all about it? Kind of, kind of scary for me to think about, but yeah, no, I was, I was a complete pushover. I lacked any ability and self-confidence and self-respect to stand up for myself at that point. Uh, quite honestly, I was, I was pathetic. Um, it, <laughs> like it, it pains me sometimes to bring this up. I have to kind of like laugh it off a little bit because it, 
it's somewhat embarrassing to to talk about and kind of look back and realize just where I was at but I have to forgive myself too and, and realize that you know I was just I was still hurt I was still hurt I was still starving for validation and attention and like I was getting it at that point and even though it was unhealthy attention and unhealthy validation it was it was still there and I had a hard time setting up boundaries to discern the difference. Anyway, I, I realized that I, I was having some, uh, just a shit ton of anxiety all the time. I was constantly on edge, constantly nervous, um, worried about going home, worried about when the next blowout was going to be, worried about what was going to piss her off next. Um, like everything was a problem. Like, and, and it's like, it was tough because I felt like I was doing everything I could to try and create this into a family and, and be a part of Ian's life and be his dad. And I just got completely shit on. And so like, I'm having all that anxiousness. I'm having all that, that hard feelings. And I'm like, okay, I, I need to go get a physical and get my health checked out. It's been a long time since I've been to the doctor and uh, so let's go, let's go get a physical and, and start that process of getting checked out and making sure my health is in line. Because the other thing too, to preface that, um, that would have been around, uh, I think 2008 ish into 2008, somewhere in there into 2009. Um, when I moved to Alaska, I was in 2007, after college, I was working a crap ton of hours. So I fell out of the gym and I was actually away from the gym and away from training for about three years, uh, two and a half years and didn't touch a single weight for that entire time, uh, due to work and then time spent on this relationship. And so like, I wasn't working out at all and like that sucked. Um, but you know, it was, a poor choice I was making at the time. Anyway, so I go have this physical and I step on the scale and I was 210 pounds and I wasn't training. I wasn't doing anything physically active. So I was like, whoa, I've never been over 200 pounds in my life. And now I'm 210. Um, I'm soft. I'm pudgy. Uh, I get my blood pressure checked. It's through the roof. The doctor's telling me I got hypertension and all that stuff. And uh, he, so they put me on some anti-depression medicine to help with the hypertension and anxiety and, and blood pressure and all that stuff that, uh, was going with that. And I took that as my sign to like, okay, I need to start doing some things for my health. And I started running, uh, before I got back in the gym, I started doing some running to help, uh, get me some exercise. And I started biking, uh, to and from work some days, uh, which was about 10 miles one way. So I was trying to get more exercise and knowing that that's good for me. Right. And all that stuff kind of helped with the blood pressure, you know, the, the medication, the exercise that, that helped with the blood pressure, but man, it didn't do shit for the anxiety. Like it was still there. It was still there when I woke up, it was still there when I went to bed and it was, you know, it was like a major part of my life because it was with me all the fucking time and it sucked. And finally, when that relationship came to its head and came to the end and the day I broke up with her, I looked at that bottle and that prescription and I said out loud, I don't need this fucking shit anymore. And I threw the fucking bottle in the garbage 
and I haven't needed it since. I haven't suffered from anxiety a day since then. Now, there's been times and moments in my life where I've had anxiety and I've had some nervousness about certain situations, but it wasn't debilitating. It wasn't distracting me from living a life. It wasn't with me every day, day in and day out. I went from literally feeling that every day, like all day, that nervousness, that anxiousness, that anxious feeling, you can't, you can't rest. There's just, you're constantly restless to poof. It was gone like that. It was, it was insane. And it was that moment that I finally realized that my anxiety was because I was in a shit ass relationship. I was this whipped dog. I was in a horrible relationship and all that anxiety was just me being on edge, being stuck in that relationship. So I think about it now, like, what is your anxiety telling you? Right? Like that anxiety was telling me that I was in a, in a relationship and you need to pay attention and honor yourself and honor your feelings. Right? Like, what are you denying in your life? I, I was denying a whole lot of myself. I, I had no authenticity in myself at that point, and I was denying anything of what I was. I was suppressing my past. I was denying my past. I was turning my friends away. And it was awful. Would think about it like, what are you doing that you don't want to be doing, right? Like I was doing all kinds of things in that relationship that I didn't want to be doing. And I continued to do them because it kept the relationship going. And like, it just wasn't good. So what are you doing that you don't want to be doing? Where are you denying your authenticity? What is your anxiety trying to tell you? You know, and the thing is, again, so like occasional anxiety is pretty normal. We're all going to have it. Um, You know, I haven't stepped on the platform in almost two years and I'm getting ready for USAPL Raw Nationals. And I know when it comes time for me to step out on that platform on that opening squat, I'm going to have some big anxiety. And, you know, I'm not scared of that anymore because I know how to deal with that. I have lots of different tools at my disposal that I've learned that help me overcome that so that it doesn't reduce my ability. Anyway, the thing about it, think if we relate it to a meet, since a lot of us here, a big part of my audience lifts. If we look at that, the, the nervousness on that opening attempt, what is it telling you? To me, I look at it, it's telling me to pay attention. This shit's important. What I'm about to do is important. And so in that moment, in those instances, it's less about making it go away and more about connecting with its meaning. And what is it trying to tell me? And then when I can connect to that meaning, I can honor the feelings within me. I can honor what it's trying to teach me. You know, and that's like an instant to try and kind of relate to that idea. But that's not a repeated episode, right? It's not in the day-to-day life and it's not that intense. Well, I mean, it can be pretty intense for some people. I I don't want to diminish that possibility, right? Um, But it's not like the repeated intense episodes where it's in your day-to-day life every day that impacts your ability to function and live life the way that we can and are capable of. So the big thing for me as a result of a lot of my personal experiences now, I prefer to think of leaning into it 
and understand why I'm having those anxious feelings. I, I don't want to just make them go away. I want to connect with it and understand why the fuck am I having that feeling in the first place? Right? Because feelings are there to try and tell us something about us. They're trying to tell us something that is alive inside of us or tell us, to tell us about something that we're denying within us. Um, negative feelings like anxiety is that's very much linked to an unmet need that you're not getting. And if you can connect with it, you can fulfill that need. So this is one of the big reasons too, where I really highly encourage getting some therapy or life coaching in an instance like this, because those people, those, those types of services can help you understand why rather than prescribe a pill that covers up the symptom that you're trying to, that's trying to talk to you, right? Those pills did nothing for me. And now I'm not going to sit here and give medical advice and say, you shouldn't, you know, consult your doctor. Or don't just throw the pills away, whatever. But I do want to encourage you to connect with it, connect with the feelings, embrace the feelings, talk with somebody, seek your therapist to talk with them about it. And, you know, if it's running your life experience and has reduced the quality, definitely you got to ask for help. Um, I definitely like when I asked for help uh, from at the point that I needed a life coach, that was definitely a big part of it. I was having some some intense bouts of anxiety at that point and I needed help to figure out what the heck I why was I feeling that. Right. And. Like there's also other options too to think about it. If you can't afford therapy or coaching, you know, reach out, find your, find and grab your journal, right? Grab your, grab your journal and start talking or grab a, grab a friend that you can talk to and just start talking. And when you start like flowing and start talking and allow yourself to open the fuck up and stop burying it down, stop hiding from it, stop trying to cover up the symptoms, stop trying to just make it go away, and you start opening up and connecting to it, you'd be amazed at what you can discover about yourself, about what you're denying, about what you need when you start talking about it out loud. There's been so many times where as I've uh, adopted that model into my life of talking instead of not talking because I'm very prone to just shutting down and not talking. And as I break that pattern from part of me and I start talking more, I get through and work through things more because I'm talking and connecting with them. And the second I say some of that shit out loud, it's like, bam, instant connection with, I talk about it out loud. I'm like, Oh, whoa. Okay. I hear you, man. I feel you. I now know what your need is. I can fulfill that. Let's go. Let's create this shift. Let's create that shift. Whatever it may be, it's going to look different for everybody. And so that kind of brings me into the to a tool, right? Like anxiety can be a pain in the ass. Um, and it's going to affect us all a little bit differently. It's going to look differently for each one of us. Um, it's going to affect us differently to different extents. Some of us are going to be, uh, you know, able to handle it. Other people are going to have a much harder time handling it and it's going to run their life a bit. 
but it doesn't have to. And so I wanted to bring the tool today that has been really helpful for me in dealing with anxiety. And it can be a big tool that I'll, I'll probably want to expand on quite a bit over over the course of some episodes. But we'll we'll start with just some a couple of basics. But I want to talk about self-compassion. And so I want to bring this to the table because, you know, dealing with this can take some time. And that time can be frustrating when you want results now, right? If you want to get rid of the anxiety, you want, you want it to happen now. But a lot of times that's slow. It's not going to be the fastest thing in the world sometimes if you haven't practiced connecting with your feelings and what your body is trying to tell you and what your body needs. So it can take time. And self-compassion is important to that. It helps us be patient in the process. And it's about to me, how we show up and have the most important relationship in our lives. And that's the one with ourselves. To me, self-compassion is, it, it means that we're going to be gentle and kind and understanding with ourselves, with yourself. Look, you're not perfect. It's not about perfections. There is potential for learning and growing in every mistake you make. In every mistake that I make, there is potential for learning and growing. And when we kind of shift that idea to have some of that compassion for ourselves, we can stop, you know, beating down on ourselves. And that's been a powerful tool for dealing with anxiety for me. You know, it's it's also great in cultivating a strong sense of self-worth. So. Where can we where can we go with it? Because self-compassion, you know, you could look at that in a lot of different lenses through a lot of different perspectives. So I want to work a bit on an exercise and a challenge here that will help cultivate this in your life. So I want you to get your journal out. If you don't have a journal, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode three, where I talk about the powers and benefits of journaling. And this is one of those spaces and places where that tool can come in really handy. So couple of journaling prompts. Journal prompt number one to help create some self-compassion is writing some things like, I forgive myself for these feelings I am experiencing. I am not wrong, bad, or broken for having them. Right? And you can start flowing with forgiveness around those feelings and release the guilt around having those feelings. Right? You, there's no person in the world well, I shouldn't speak in absolutes, so I would be shocked if I were to learn that there's a person that's been alive for any large amount of time that hasn't dealt with anxiety to some degree. Um, I think, again, that occasional bouts of anxiety is completely normal. So even if it's just occasional bouts, it's still good to acknowledge that and have our self-compassion for it and realize that, you know, if you have those feelings, if you have a bout of anxiety, you're not wrong. You're not broken. It's okay. You're okay. Prompt number two, you can write things like, I choose to accept this as an opportunity for growth. 
While these emotions are painful, as I embrace them, I can become empowered with growth. Right? If we think back to the power of perspective, changing the perspective to having a growth-focused mindset is really beneficial to shifting into some self-compassion and understanding that if we're having a growth-focused mindset, we're not going to beat ourselves up or worry about failing. We're not going to worry about making mistakes. We're not going to worry about making errors because guess what? All those things are going to fucking happen and it's okay. So if we change that perspective to growth focused, we're again, focusing on the growing and moving forward rather than the worry of failure. Prompt three can have sentences like, I am grateful for this opportunity to learn about myself, to learn about what I need and what I truly value and honor in my life, right? So tapping into gratitude with that, tapping into gratitude with that self-compassion. What are you grateful for? You know, find things in and of yourself and who you are and what you do and what you believe in that you can talk about and be grateful for. And have some focus and attention on those things. Uh, And if you want some more on gratitude, again, that was uh, the tool brought up in episode one. So by all means, revisit that as well if you you need some more stuff on gratitude. Or uh, there's no shortage of like journaling gratitude prompts on the interwebs. So uh, be resourceful. Use that smartphone. Prompt number four, you can talk like, I am no longer going to give myself away in a manner that is beyond my ability to give with love, right? So having compassion for your ability, right? Do a bit of an audit around your level of generosity. Oftentimes people who are are natural givers and give a lot can suffer from anxiety when they're giving too much, right? So Be honest with yourself and assess yourself. What are you giving? And stay within your ability to give from a place from love, right? If you're giving too much, you're not going to be giving from that place of love. If you're giving yourself away, um, it can take from you and it lowers that vibration of that energy and it takes from you, you know, and a, a thing that I look at is like, you know, being a people pleaser comes at a cost and it's a cost to your authenticity, not the person receiving your pleasing, but your authenticity. Prompt number five can say things like, I am mindful of the moments that I lack self-compassion. In being mindful of this, I am better able to create a shift in my mental state with the cue, I am worthy of love, right? So there's going to be times and moments where we lack that compassion And that sense that we don't feel we are worthy or we don't feel we're worthy of love. We don't feel we're enough, things like that. And the thing is, we are. We are always, no matter what, worthy of that. We are always worthy of that love, especially our self-love. So having a, a, like, cue, I am worthy of love, to prompt you into self-compassion can be a good place to, to 
send you down that way, right? If we, we in lifting a lot of times, we always talk about cues and cues to internally rotate this, externally rotate that, push this that way, chest up, blah, blah, blah. There's all those different kinds of cues to get your body into the right position. The same goes, holds true with a lot of the mindset stuff and the mental health and mental state. Like it's not going to be perfect. You know, like even if you go on this healing journey and you devote an incredible amount of time to it, there's still going to be moments where there is a struggle. There's still going to be some moments where, you know, the universe tests you and tests where you're at. And all these tools are there to help us show up to those moments in a way that we really want to, and we're really trying to, and in a way that allows us to do our best. So I recently finished this book into the magic shop by James Dottie. He's an MD and it's about the author's quest, which is James Dottie, who is a neurosurgeon and he wants to discover the mysteries of the brain and secrets of the heart. Right. And he learns these amazing manifestation tools and powers as a child, uh, as a young kid, not, not a complete child, but he learned it very early in his life. And mind you, like he was definitely beat down. Like it was not, he didn't lead a fancy life as a kid. Uh, it was, it's definitely quite a story of uh, rags to riches so to speak. So he learns these amazing manifestation tools and powers. But one of the things that was important that his teacher who taught them these tools would tell him is that, Jim, you need to open from a place. You need to come and do it. You need to manifest from a place with an open heart. And it took him a lot of time in life and a lot of struggles and a lot of tough lessons and hurt along the way to really finally connect and figure out what she meant by trying to manifest from a place of having an open heart. And it came down to compassion. And that's one of the things that he found. He started the center for compassion and altruism research and education. So that's a great resource to learning tools and compassion. But like that was one of the biggest things that he learned was that, compassion, how that connects with your, your mental health and your mind and learning to be compassionate with myself has been a huge part of my healing journey as well. And I have complete confidence that if you find ways to use that as a tool, you know, in your, in your journey, you too will find it incredibly beneficial. And I want to encourage you to keep working on it, to hone in the skills with that tool. It's, like any other tool, it takes time to get used to, right? Using it in an effective manner as well. Um, man, I, I think about it, uh, you know, all the tools out in my wood shop for building stuff, uh, a hammer. Most, most everybody knows what a hammer looks like. Most everybody swung a hammer. You know, the first time you swing a hammer, you're all over the place. You're not hitting the nail on the nail head. A lot of times you hit your damn finger and you got to learn from that pain, Right. You get skilled, though, if you keep practicing with that hammer. And eventually, you might get so skilled you can be the hammer slogging champion. But, like, using – you have to use the tool over and over again to develop the skills. 
and knowing how to use it when you need it. Same thing here. Practice this. Practice the tool and understand and have some self-compassion for yourself along the way when you make mistakes and understand that the most important part about this, the most important part about this journey, about this healing journey, about this life journey, about our experiences, and as we go about it, is progress is more important than perfection. Have compassion for yourself and understand that when you're progressing, that is beautiful. That is, that is better than perfection if we are progressing. So go out there, strive for some of that progress, get some of that progress in, tap into this tool of self-compassion, feel compassion for yourself, create a sense of self-worthiness and love for yourself, and use that to squash that anxiety next time it comes up. And each time you do that, each time you practice that, it will diminish that intensity of that bout, diminish the frequency of that bout of anxiety. And you'll be able to get some of that under control. So it's not uh, running your life, not debilitating your life and not taking away from your life experience. And again, I want to encourage you to ask for help along the way. If you need help, that is okay. There's nothing wrong with you for asking for help or seeking help in that realm. So by all means, please do it. And we'll catch you on the next episode. A quick note about the Project Unchained podcast. I'm not a doctor nor a therapist. I'm just a driven guy who has seen firsthand what this healing journey can do for the quality of a person's life experiences. The ideas and concepts I share with you are a result of my own ongoing journey and that of my guests. I truly want you to live a more free and empowered life. This is my gift to you. Thanks for joining Project Unchained today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast. And if the tools you've learned have helped you, please consider leaving a review so that this show ends up higher in search results. By doing that, you can help me help others get unchained. If you know someone who specifically would benefit from today's episode, please share it with them directly. If what I'm discussing on the show resonates with you and you'd like to chat, please do reach out. I respond to all messages. You can find me on Instagram at Ross.Lepola, and I'm on Facebook, Ross Lepola. My email is in the show notes. Lastly, I want to give a special thank you to my very talented cousin, Gaitlin Lee, for the intro and outro music for this podcast. The song is Lost in the Woods from her 2018 album, Learning How to Stay. You can find Galen's albums on Bandcamp, Spotify, and ViolinScratches.com. Until next time, I hope you live your life a little more unchained. Give yourself away.